My name is Bobby. I live in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I am an artist, activist, gardener, lover of Mother Earth. And um, my seed interests, uh, seed fascination began when I was uh, a senior in art school. And uh, my boyfriend and I had a job. We were offered a job farm sitting in upstate New York. And, um, and the farm consisted of uh, geese, chickens, uh, and the geese were watch geese. Uh, they were, you know, I'd let people, somebody would show up and start coming down the long dirt road and they'd be out there. Um, some sheep, uh, one male sheep who was, who would, uh, who would hide and attack you. If you weren't paying attention, he'd like leap from behind something and butt you. And, um, and a garden. And, and I planted my, although my parents were both gardeners and we had, I grew up with strawberries and peach tree and my mom planted some vegetables. I never did that. I never took part in that until I had my own space. And uh, so I planted, we, uh, we, we planted a big garden. It was mainly my, my doing. And I remember the, the magic of opening a seed packet. And particularly, I, I planted calendula and zinnia, as well as a lot of vegetables. But I specifically remember looking at calendula seeds and I thought, oh, look at that. It's completely, it has all of the, it has all of the, this little, this little shape has all of the amazing capacity of that plant, the medicinal part and the beauty of it and the, you know, the green leaves and the flower and it's all contained in this amazing, shape that's that's like a um, you know it's almost like looking through a microscope at a um, at a some kind of microbe or bacteria or you know or an enzyme or something you know that it is and then you know I suppose all, you know and all of that stuff is also in there but you don't see it it's encased in this magic little uh, you know dry thing and you put it in the ground and you add water and you nurture it and and it grows into this incredible being that supports us and um, so I developed a real relationship then with plants and with growing food and from that point I always had a garden wherever I lived the only exception was when I was in graduate school um, and the landlord wouldn't let us dig up part of his lawn, which I understand, <laughs> but anyway. Um, but living in Toronto in the city, we had a, we had a garden there. I planted a garden. Um, the city uh, had an ordinance that you were not allowed to grow vegetables in your front yard. And we had vegetables growing in our front yard. And, um, and uh, I did, we, we organized, we as the, the people who were, we were all living together in this house, organized a, a, a protest in front of our house. And at the same time, the city was digging up our street. 
So um, we were, you know, the women who were, who were living there, we were all living together, were, uh, there was a writer, singer, video artist, and I was the visual artist, and we wrote, up, wrote a song, a little reggae song, called Girls Don't Make Concrete. We contacted um, the local media, we were on TV, um, and we won, actually. We got, we got a lot of press from that. And our neighbor down the street, who was Italian, uh, was so happy because he'd been wanting to put tomatoes in his front yard and hadn't been able to do it, and now he was able to do it. So, so we changed the law in Toronto to allow for that. It was great. And um, I didn't think about how important that was too many years later, because um, it kept it kept resurfacing, you know, especially, especially in the last uh, five years ago or so. Um, it's really, it's really, you know, dawned on me that like, oh, we did this thing, you know, for a lot of other people were, uh, you know, now in Toronto is, it's, there's a big, you know, people don't have lawns there anymore. They have gardens there. They, they have, they're raising food there. So, so that was incredible. So, you know, and it, you know, as things grow and morph in your life, and then you know, and stories get added, layers and layers of things. Um, I became involved with a group here in Santa Fe, in I don't know, um, the, sometime in the late '90s, I think. I'm not quite sure uh, when this was, but um, and we created a group called Food Fight. And we were, became informed, we informed each other and then became uh, advocates for um, land race seeds and things like that uh, uh, because of Monsanto's business and, um, and genetically modified food and their desire to control and take over seed. And we had events that we did. Um, we did an event on the plaza. We did a little fundraiser for the event on the plaza um, where we had local theater people. Uh, we created a panel discussion. And so there were actors who played certain roles that they designated themselves. Um, theater Grotesco was involved in that and um, a few other folks. They were, it was extraordinary. Um, and very funny. Uh, so, you know, and then going to farmers, the farmer's market, having a, handing out information to people, getting them to sign petitions and to do that. Uh, that created, that be, then I became um, an acid activist because I saw what was happening globally. Farmers were committing suicide. Um, these large corporations act, uh, they destroy community. Um, so, so that piece of it. And then uh, you know, gradually coming to where this exhibit is, I guess that's a good place to talk about now. Um, and how, how we need to go deeper into our relationship as human beings with all of the other beings that we share this earth with.
Um, the term ecozoic means house of living beings. That's all of us. That's, uh, that's everything. And we share, we share this house, we share this earth with everything. We don't act like we share it. We act as though it is ours to use and use up. And the earth is not an endless source of goods for human beings. It is if it's, the earth is if she's treated right, if we respect other beings and, and use what we need rather than um, using too much. So I am I'm deeply concerned about Again, the you know the companies, the corporations that want to exploit seed and and make it into um, and have made it into a commodity. Uh, Monsanto and Syngenta and those other companies control a vast number of seeds. Uh, they own most of the seed companies, um, the majority of them. So. The act of saving our own seeds is an incredible, subversive, wonderful, political act that has great, that offers great hope to all of us. Uh, and, and the work that you do with Seed Broadcast, you know, creating the seed exchanges and um, advocating for seed in the way that you do is essential. Um, the possibility that there may be one day a um, you know, seed library here in Santa Fe that um, to add to the knowledge that people would have and, um, and be able to share themselves about seeds and about growing and um, that's one of the purposes of this exhibit is to get people to share that information. Well, there's people who come through this space who are from all over the world. That's quite amazing. I had a conversation with someone from Brazil um, about you know what what they have you know what their experience is and um, I don't know. I have great hope for us human beings. You know, as individual people collectively and, you know, getting our act together. And because ultimately when you talk with, with people and get their stories, they, they of course, have some, a relationship with the earth. You know, the, these folks that just walked in, all of them are standing here because they drank water and they ate food and that all comes from the earth. Um, but it is important to to to, um, to make sure that there is that recognition of how important that is, and to not take it for granted, and to to um, to realize that it's that it's essential to be thankful and so grateful for the fact that we're here. And um, we get to have this conversation, and we get to do what we do every day because of the earth. That's, that's the, the crucial part. 
So 